0: Be present. Mm -hmm. Instead of going in, like you said, Wolf of Wall Street, this is what I have to do. This is how I need to close it. If you're just there with the customer, you can hear who they are. You can feel what they're about. You can sense what's going on and you can modify your presentation as you need to without getting, I'm not saying to eliminate the sales process, Mm -hmm. but you know how to, how to move it. And you can be there with a human being.
1: Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. Okay, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. I've got Gail Casper today. She's an author, a national speaker, producer, and sales innovator. She wrote the book, Sell Like a Cockatoo, How to Manage the New Way of Selling in a Rapidly Changing World. Gail is a two-time TEDx speaker, semi-finalist on The Apprentice, and she was named Miss Continental America and named one of the top 25 female business leaders. Gail, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me. Uh, my favorite topic: sales and people. know <laughs> so, I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've been in 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 sales for about 12 years now with my business, and then before that, I was you know your typical salesperson, you know, jumping from company to company, trying to figure out you know what I would enjoy, and so eventually, I created my own and and kind of catered that too the, you know, 19 year old me that was jumping into the workforce and didn't really know what to do. So uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. And, um, you know, I love everything that you're doing out in the world right now, you're putting a lot of value out there. So I definitely wanted to capture a little bit of that and give it to our listeners. So I, I'd love to learn about you first, right? So what kind of upbringing and life experience contributed to your success so far?
0: Oh, my God, my mom and dad. And, okay. Uh, yeah, especially my dad. My dad was a salesman. Oh, so, awesome. And a natural salesman, even at home. Like, you know, if my mother asked, you know, how are we going to move this picture? My father would be like, Oh, Gail and I are going to do it, you know, right after dinner. My father just assumed the sale in life. So <laughs> I had an opportunity to watch that all the time. Um, and he grew through a sales, through an organization in sales, was a regional director, regional manager. Um, and From there, I I fell in love with the idea of helping people to achieve. I worked inside an organization, became a bad manager, Mm -hmm. and had to learn about leadership to become a good manager. And that led me to be a speaker, which I've kind of always done since I was a kid. Somehow I've been Mm -hmm. on my feet speaking. And uh, I took the sales and the speaking and the leadership piece of it and brought it all together and went into a training organization and then eventually went out on my own. So it's been a a lot of pieces to the puzzle that's gotten me to where I am right now. But my start in the training world was with sales teams, really helping them to elevate the value of themselves, their company, and their product. And Mm -hmm. the Gail Casper Training Organization is about high-level communications training. So that's it in a nutshell. There's obviously, we could talk for hours about how I got to where I am and all the failures that I had along the way, (laughs) (laughs) but- that just leads you to where I am right now,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I love that your uh, dad was such a huge influence on you in sales and in sales training and and kind of learning from him. Uh, I have a twelve year old daughter, and you know, so far, she's maintaining that she wants to take over uh, my business someday, so we'll see how it goes. You know, that all may change in high school when she discovers like boys and and you know four by four trucks and that whole deal. So I'm worried that I can you know keep her on target, but we'll see. <laughs>
0: You know what? You know what my answer is to that? Keep being you. That's it, because that's what she's attracted to. So don't change anything that you're doing. Don't try to maneuver nothing. Keep being you. She obviously respects and adores you and and admires what you've done, and she's young. So keep being you. You're doing it. I appreciate
1: that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Definitely affirmation of what I'm doing. So. You know, when you talk about, uh, you mentioned, you know, when you first started out, you're a bad sales manager and you had to learn how to be a, a good leader. So what do you mm-hmm. think is the contrast between the two?
0: Yeah, And I wasn't originally in sales, mm-hmm. but it's the same principles at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about being progressive, meaning that here you have a sales team because every single office I've been into, obviously, I watch the management, I watch the sales teams, mm-hmm. and As a progressive leader and manager, you are in tune to every one of your reps. I mean, you know, their strengths, you know, their weaknesses and you see them as people Uh, for the most part in life, people want to live up to your standards. They want to achieve, Um, they want to be challenged, but they want to achieve. And in sales, one of the things I see where things falter is that they're left alone. They're given some sales tools, they're given some training, but then they have to figure things out as they go. And Mm -hmm. sales... In sales, you really need to have your hand held. It's it's you can't just say go do it. You gotta have your hand held. That's my those are my thoughts.
1: Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I was the the same way because you know I was fortunate in that I got an opportunity to buy the company that I own now because oh. of my history with uh, the previous owner. And uh, so I went right right into a management role, not having done the work of the entry-level salesperson. You know, and so even though I went in and I immediately started doing that and sold for 90 days to figure out, okay, how do I need to build this out? Um, it still created this like go leadership attitude versus let's go. Right. And I think that's you know the biggest difference between a good manager in any business and a and a and a bad one, right? Yeah. And and so many people think it's oh, you need to go out and sell, lead the front lines yourself, and that's a great leader. Not necessarily. They just need Mm -hmm. to know that you're in the trenches with them in some form, shape, or fashion. You know, whether it's writing sales curriculum, training, uh, managing other other leaders, training them, building them up. As long as you're in it, somewhere in there with them, I feel like is the most important part. Because let's be realistic we we can't all be on the front lines if we're leading the team. You know what I'm saying?
0: No. Um. One of the biggest challenges that I've seen as a sales trainer is keeping management involved in the process meaning they wanted to send their sales team to the training but they didn't want to have to be there and how can you implement and you know further your sales team in their growth If you're not part of the process and you don't know what was done in class, it's not just showing up for the last ceremony when we're going through our presentations. It's the whole process. Um, That's I think one of the biggest challenges I see across the board. You know, you might have even a morning meeting, but then what's Mm -hmm. happening during the course of the day, how are you involved? I went into a sales office uh, two days ago. I had to pick something up and all the sales reps are just sitting at their desk. And I'm thinking, okay, there could be training going on. There could be figuring out how to prospect and find new opportunities. I don't care what the paradigm is for that industry. There are ways that you can step outside of that circle and find new business. Nobody should ever be sitting around, ever. And it takes away from your self-esteem. I mean, how did you, you were in sales, you were in the front line, you just love sitting there. How did it make you feel?
1: Unproductive. (laughs) Absolutely unproductive. (laughs) Terrible, (laughs) terrible. Yeah no I I couldn't agree more and you know a, a lot of times in sales leadership it's just about giving them that schedule that scope of work giving them the hey this is where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there you know I recognize as you go up the ranks in terms of the level of sales position you know you know obviously you've got like door to door which is what I started out in right wow. and then all the all the way up to you know high enterprise b2b you know mm-hmm. th- this person probably has you know, an idea of what they're supposed to be doing every day. You know what I mean? But as you go up, that's still giving them the structure and the scope of work, I think is incredibly important. So and
0: I got to ask you though, the door-to-door thing. How? Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing to me. It's, I think mm-hmm. in my mind, one of the toughest jobs that exists out there is to be able to do that. How did you sustain?
1: <laughs> Just honestly grit and determination. I mean, oh, and wow. then, and then I got, I got very lucky early on in that. I got a, a few very key people. One of them was a great integrator, which, you know, is the coach of the business. Right. Mm-hmm. And very good at, you know, he was 18 years sober and very involved in, um, in, uh, how, what do they call it? NAA or NA. Right. And so he had been trained for the past 18 years to coach people and counsel people. And so uh, he's, he's now my partner and my VP of sales, you know, and so I'm, I'm the very analytical metrics based, like program based person and he's the one that goes into the feelings and coaches people and helps them through life obstacles and stuff, you know. Oh God, so what a, a
0: great compliment. Yeah. It's a,
1: it's, it's, it's a nice balance. And then I also had somebody early on that contributed to the mm-hmm. company and knew a lot of the standard training practices for door to door. You know what I'm saying? So we were able to kind of mesh all of our ideas together and create the the sales program that eventually blew us up. Right. And uh, but yeah, door to door in general. I mean, it's about actionable, uh, controllable action items that you can actually control, right? Right. Versus if you let it be an emotional thing, like, hey, I'm going to go out and kill today. I'm super motivated. When you get that first door slammed in your face, you're going to quit. You know what I'm saying? Right. When you get that first rude homeowner, you're going to quit. But if you know, hey, I've got to knock on 80 doors today. I've got to make two loops in the neighborhood. I've got to talk to 25 homeowners. 15 of them are going to be qualified. I'm going to give 10 full presentations and I'm going to close five. If you know your metrics, right. And then with each week, you're dialing those in and you know, hey, if I do this at the top level, by the time I get to the close, I'll get this number because that's my conversion rate. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know that, it becomes very systematic rather than an emotional sale you know what I'm saying? Or an emotional work day.
0: I got to tell you, I love that message. It falls in line with my book, Unstoppable, the systematic Mm -hmm. attitude development technique, which is all about being logical versus emotional. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing, you took like a a very logical process and said, this we got to do, I got to make two rounds. I got to hit this many doors. Mm -hmm. And without the emotion going into it, and you followed that process and you saw success. That's, that's fantastic. So and that's, how, yeah, oh my God, because sales reps are looking for the key that I can keep going. You know, how do I stay in this business, no matter what the sales business is, and you figured it out. Logic versus emotion. That's great.
1: So, so that means you've written two books.
0: I did. I, I <laughs> okay. have no, yeah, I've got two books out there. Uh, second edition for unstoppable. And okay. that's just what you talked about. It's like, mm-hmm. what a great example being logical versus emotional because emotion can stop you. Um, Just like if you were going to go to the gym in the morning and you said, I don't feel like it. That's an emotional response. You go to the gym and you feel great. Uh, So the logic versus the emotion and the other one is sell like a cockatoo, which is a brand new book. And Mm. it relates sales reps to cockatoos and what they need to be doing today to kind of stay in the game and close more deals. So So I love them quicker.
1: I love the title because it's super catchy and it's like All right. What's this about? You know what I mean? So can you dive
0: into that a little more? What what
1: is selling like a cockatoo?
0: All right. So first of all, uh, people said to me, okay, well, where'd you come up with the cockatoo, Gail? Like, (laughs) what the heck? Where's that coming from? And when you look at the similarities of a cockatoo and a sales rep, cockatoos need consistency. They need to know that you're going to continue to be there. So there's that consistency piece of the puzzle. They also don't like to be bored. You know, don't want to sit around, challenge them. I mean, hey, sales reps are smart. Like, you know, help them become all that they can be. Um, Sales, uh, cockatoos are loud. Sales reps get loud. They're excited. They close that deal. And how hard they've worked to get there, they get loud. Mm -hmm. And cockatoos can dance. And those are the pieces of the puzzle that I bring to the book to teach people, meaning it's all about body language, tone of voice, and words. So, when you meet somebody or you're dealing with them through Zoom, how do you connect with those people and how do you do it quickly? What does your body language say to someone else? And what is their body language saying to you? How do you need to maneuver that sales call so that you can move it toward a close or stop it and address something that they're doing or saying so that you can cut something off at the chase and keep it moving forward? So cockatoos dance and cockatoos have a 60-year relationship with their owner, which is wow. always our goal. We want people to keep coming back and send us those referrals and keep building business and building our book. So awesome. that's, that's the essence of what the book is about. And I do yeah. address sales teams in there, sales managers. How are we creating a culture that sales reps want to come and work for us? Mm-hmm. Meaning we're raising the bar. We're going to get, deliver that high-level training. We're going to be involved in the process. We'll pay them a little bit more to be part of our team, but we're going to expect more. So I talk about creating that cockatoo culture as well.
1: I love the analogy you use when you're dealing with customers too in the body language and you know their inflection and tone and everything, and it's a dance, right? And I think if more people in sales look at it that way, and less people look at it as, you know, the wolf of wall street type sales, you know. Right. They're going to be a lot more successful and more importantly, they're going to be happier and they're going to have more peace at the end of the day because they don't have to like create this persona in order to close deals. No. They just have have to know how to navigate with their customers. One of the my favorite trainings that I will often do <clears throat> especially on the on the first audit of a consulting trip, right? So mm-hmm. I go out to the client, You know, <clears throat> excuse me, I audit their sales program and they always ask me to do a training while I'm there. So one of my favorite ones to do is selling the way customers want to buy. And, um, you know, you're from the training world. Yeah. So uh, Southwestern Consulting uh, originally came up with this. Well, as far as I know, <laughs> originally yeah, came right, up with this right. training. And the first person that did this training for me was actually Rory Vaden, you know, Rory Vaden.
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Oh my God.
1: Yeah, and um, he did it at an so my product early on was AT and T, and then eventually um, transformed into Directv, right? And so they they had a Directv Revolution, mm-hmm. and so Rory would come and speak at that and do that training. And then the first time he did it, I was just like, "This is what we need at the door," you know, because wow. it teaches you it teaches you the four personality types, which is detective. Um, entertainer, counselor, and fighter, right. And as within the first five to 10 seconds, you can tell which one they are based mm-hmm. on how they open the door, you know, and the same thing works for in voice inflection and, in phone sales. And then obviously, you can see the body language over zoom. And so it's just such a cool way to break down the customer and then sell how they want to be sold. That is comfortable for them.
0: And I love that. And I I emphasize that in the book as well. Meaning to be present. Instead mm-hmm. of going in, like you said, Wolf of Wall Street, this is what I have to do. This is how I need to close it. If you're just there with the customer, you can hear who they are. You can feel what they're about. You can sense what's going on and you can modify your presentation as you need to without getting, I'm not saying to eliminate the sales process, but mm-hmm. you know how to, how to move it. And you can be there with a human being because that's ultimately what we're trying to do. We want to connect with them. We want them to trust us and believe in us. And they can't do that if we're just following a process and we don't have a sense of who they are. So I love that.
1: hundred percent. You know, it's that no like and trust factor and you can't create it unless you're present.
0: Yeah. yeah. And um, to, just to tell you a quick story, when I started in the training world, I started with an organization that gave me their training program. This mm-hmm. is what you have to do at the beginning. This is what you have to do at the right. end, blah, blah, blah. I never understood, it was a public speaking course, and I never understood why we had to do certain exercises until I had to write the class myself. When I decided to get out there and create my own public speaking course, I said, I got it, the light bulb went off. So it's not really until you understand all the steps of the sales process that you can really modify and change them and be present. You gotta get it. You can't just follow these steps because you're told to do it.
1: 100%. And you know where that really gets highlighted is between sales and fulfillment. You know, uh, after somebody works for me for like 90 days in sales, I typically send them to go <clears throat> shadow the fulfillment team, whatever that is. You know, in the past it was ATT, now it's our solar install team. And so when they go and shadow that team and like get a day in the life and understand how that they sell affects how that team is able to fulfill That's the product cool.
0: That's it cool. creates
1: this context and then they go back and sell and they one they take their time they make sure the customer knows about the fulfillment process and every step in it but two their sales presentation actually gets better because they have more knowledge on the fulfillment piece and they can walk the customer through what to expect versus you know just saying oh don't worry about it The install team will take care of that you They'll know
0: call you. Yeah,
1: yeah, they'll call you. Yeah, exactly. he,
0: they'll he, they'll deal with you. Yeah, I oh, I love that. I I am a a big believer and and with all of my sales work that i've done and even my trainings i've done i'll customize at a level like get to know that organization at a level that you think that i work there and mm-hmm. i would do that because i can't teach you how to sell your product unless right. i completely get it and understand it and know it so i love that you send them out there and say hey okay now see how the install goes or mm-hmm. you know you, they're out there with with the customer and with the rest of your team being part of the full process it's the best way to make it work. So that's great.
1: So uh, I'm big on creating value in my sales trainings, uh, especially, you know, internally, because I just started consulting like six months ago. Right.
0: And Congratulations.
1: Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. And and I did actually get to uh, speaking gigs in that that time period, too, as well. So that's kind of been
0: oh, a that's big so deal. Cool. That's yeah, so it's cool. But
1: it, it's it's crazy. One of you know, I, I do two talks right now. One of them is building great sales teams. You know, who would have thought, right? And then the second one is building a great legacy. And so what I've been doing is at the end of each episode of the podcast, I ask a question about legacy, and that's kind of been my my uh, guerrilla style research into you know how people feel about it and what it means to them. And I created a a talk around it. So, uh, but anyways, I don't want to get too off topic. No, no,
0: I love it. I love it.
1: So like, you know, I never wanted to be the sales organization that sold on volume and price, right? And so I always try to create value in our uh, sales trainings and presentations. Uh, you know, one of the things we use is the Benjamin model. You know, another thing that we use is what we call difference makers. It's a visual. We show the customer that is, okay, what's the difference between us and every other solar company out here, right? Okay. And, um, you know, I know that's a, a big part of what you do when you're consulting for for clients or giving your talks. And so what is your favorite way to create value?
0: I yeah. love this piece of our conversation. This is like, because this is all part of my company and the communications element. Mm-hmm. Uh, because to, to me, it's first of all, on my end as a trainer to help somebody do that, it is completely understanding where the company came from. So what's mm-hmm. the, what is the history? How, is, how has it been built? And yeah. how is the product created in that same way? from um, the parts, the pieces that might be involved, why they were chosen and how it contributes to a benefit to the customer. And then it's looking at the individual okay, I have this sales rep in front of me and what is their body language, their tone of voice? What are the words they're choosing? Do they have a direction in that sales call when they're actually presenting that value or are they just trying mm-hmm. to wing it? Because to me, the only way that you really are winging it in life with anything is if you have done it so many times after it has been structured and planned out. And then when you do it the hundredth time and you've done it so many times, and then you're winging it. But otherwise to me, there is no such thing as winging it. So it's really taking the combination of the person with the product and the company information and helping them formulate a plan to bring it in front of the customer. Um, I take a lot of from from who I am because Mm -hmm. or who they are, because if their confidence comes through and what they're presenting with the details and the facts that go with it Mm -hmm. and the enthusiasm that should be part of that, because if I believe 1000% in my company and my product, there isn't any way that I'm okay with you saying no. I won't understand that, and I, I just did a video on this, and I, I put this in the Cockatoo book, um, but the, I'm not a believer in asking what's your concern, because if I believe a thousand percent of my product in my company, why would I think you would have a concern? Right. You wouldn't. I might ask, what are you thinking? What's running through your mind? You know, I, are we on the same tra- page? Are we on the same track? But I wouldn't ask what's your concern. So everything to me about value is the confidence that's going to come through and who you are and what it is you're presenting. And I have a formula, obviously, when I'm with companies and with their mm-hmm. their teams and doing that.
1: I love that uh, all of your answers start from a very high level. It's not starting from well, the sales rep should say x, y, and C, and that's how they create value. It's more starting from, hey, zoom out and look at your company. How are you creating value for your people? and then how is that value coming through your people to the the client? And Thank so, you. um I Thank love you. that approach for sure. Thank you. So you've written a couple of books now. you've won a bunch of awards and stuff, and um, Semi-finalists on apprentice. What do you what do you kind of focus on now? What's next for you?
0: I have some online classes that I'm developing. And oh awesome. Yeah. And I was a late bloomer in really understanding the the focus of my company. And I'm not afraid to talk about that, meaning that, you know, I've done leadership training, I've done public speaking training and you know, building relationship training and the sales training. And the majority of my revenue has come from the sales training element. Mm -hmm. But really the core of the Gail Casper organization is about value, meaning that whether you're a sales rep and you wanna elevate the value of your presentation, or you are um, an executive that you're in front of a group of people, you're you know public speaker, you wanna to appeal to your team and you wanna to connect to your team, or you wanna be in front of a camera, because I've done a lot of on-camera work mm-hmm. and you wanna connect with your audience. The Gail Casper Training Organization is about elevating the value of you in any one of those circumstances. Hmm. So you could be new and have no direction whatsoever or bad habits. I will break you down <laughs> and rebuild you yeah. so that you come across in a way that you are connecting with an individual, a group, or viewers that is positive and productive and is going to get you the success that you want. So I'm all about breaking people down and building them up or if they need to fine tune their skills, that's great too. But um, I can identify within any presentation where they got off track, where you lost me, where the sale was broken. Even if it's just slowed down, I can identify that. So I'm that that is what the GaleCast organization is all about. How do you present that value at the highest level and me helping you do that?
1: I love it. No, it makes a ton of sense. And I love that you take in all these, you know, deep experiences you've had in each subject, and kind of created a business out of them. Finally, so,
0: finally, Doug, I got to tell yeah. you, because I've dealt with so many mentors, and they're like, yo, you got to focus, you got to focus. And I'd be like, if I knew how to focus, I wouldn't be talking to you. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I figured it out on my own, but um, I'm sure they played a part somewhere along the way. But it's exciting when you actually get where you're supposed to be. And it's what you love, like the pieces of the puzzle that my company is about is what I love. So that's exciting.
1: Absolutely. And you're passionate about what you do every day. So, you know, yeah, it's three things versus one, but. I mean they all kind of tie together though. Yeah. Right. I mean, Absolutely. you could be talking about how to appeal to viewers on a TV show. And then that's also how you make the sale. You yep. Know what I'm saying exactly. so it,
0: exactly. Exactly. It, it all
1: ties really well together. Um, I'm in the same boat, you know what I mean? I've got the podcast, I've got consulting, and then I've got my business. And so it's like, and then you know, I'm a dad, three kids, and a husband.
0: Oh and my so, god.
1: Yeah. That's a lot of fun on top of that, but Um, so I am at that stage where it's like, man, I feel like I need to to pick one or get really good at all three at once, which is, you know, almost impossible. But, you know, when it comes to your, your branding and your marketing, you know, we have in my business network, we have what we call building our machine. And I noticed, uh, from some of your social media that you're doing a lot of, of the elements that are taught in that program. And, uh, so I would ask, you know, with the way that you're building your business right now, you're marketing your business, you're using reels, you're using social media. How do you think salespeople can utilize that as well? The same thing you're doing for your business, but for their product or for you know sales management yeah, yeah, and recruiting. Yeah. You have um, some strategies for that.
0: I definitely do. I do. I do. I do. Because I've been, uh, you know, I could have had somebody managing my social media, but I really mm-hmm. am watching the wave of how people are changing or interacting in my on my pages mm-hmm. and the first thing I would say to any sales rep or any human being any entrepreneur that's out there is number one what are your values what what is it that you want people to know and recognize in you and that it comes through consistently that what is that consistent message and to be prepared to share that you know share elements and pieces of your life so it's not just about your product and the company and what you do but people are seeing who you are because ultimately you and I both know that's who they're buying you yeah Um, A second part of that is, uh, which falls in line with my on-camera training, is you've got to be willing to put yourself out there. If you are, and again, you're in sales, I can never get a sales rep that does not want to do a video to market themselves. Because don't you want more business is my question that runs through my head. You've got to be willing to put yourself out there. And if you need a coach or you need somebody to support you in that effort, then get that. Because there are some easy scripts that you can follow for any message that you have, whether it is presented. The value of just you, and what are your values, and how do you live, or your principles? or the product that you want to share or the company that you want to talk about. Uh, And I mean, they're talking today and I'm not there yet where you do Mm -hmm. like uh, at least one to two videos a day. The goal would be to have multiple videos out. And that's a lot. That's a lot for Mm -hmm. anyone, but really you'd be also catching people during their day-to-day life. Like, Hey, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, here, like I've, I've got a video that I'm going to be posting saying, Hey, I'm going to be talking to Doug and we're going to be talking about great sales teams. But those are the kind of things you want to let people know. Mm-hmm. So it's really including them in the pieces of your life or even sharing great information about a customer. You know, maybe you can't mention their full name, but Susie came in or I stopped and saw Susie today. What a great right. feeling it was that they really appreciated the value of what it is. We just installed just mm-hmm. some kind of message that you were sharing or get Susie on the video with you. Hey, we're, we're here. We're just shooting a quick video. You know, what did you think about your product? You know, just any of those quick little things that you can, share with your community of people that they just, they get you forget the show, forget the sales pitch, but they get you.
1: I love it. That's amazing advice. And I I couldn't agree more because that's, that's what's happening. I feel like with social media right now in general is everybody has gotten so much of the like polished, perfect setup, uh, studio lighting type videos. And it, it seems like the viewers are really going to the more the behind the scenes stuff or the mm-hmm. impromptu stuff, you know, and that's just in general on social media the last couple of years. Right. But even just like, you know, like right now I have a second a second camera angle going from kind of behind my screen shooting at me. And so it's not just the typical like straight on shot. You know what I mean? And, and people are like loving that you know, because they feel like they're in the room. <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that's, what's happening with a lot of social media is they just want to be in the room. They want to learn from whoever they're following or be entertained, whatever the case yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what social media has turned into a lot of, so, okay. So last question, it's a deep one and Uh-oh. I alluded to it earlier. What does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind?
0: Oh, it's so funny. Cause I just did a video on this, um, awesome. because yeah, it, and, um, because I stop and I think about you know parents and and wanting to give so much to their kids and what are they going to leave behind and and you know what is it that um, is important for me to pass on and my father which we've talked about in the beginning has been such a, a strong influence in my life uh, doing the right thing and um, just being a quality person that has integrity and for me it's nothing about money it's nothing about you know. Um, taking charge and running forward with a business because my father, I, I never really got money from my dad. You know, I had to do it on my own and that was okay. Right. But when I think about um, sell so like a cockatoo, I, de- I dedicated that to my father and it's some of the elements of the cockatoo are my dad. So to me, a legacy is what my father has left behind for me, all the qualities that he's given me, my voice I, as a speaker I'm Polish and Italian, but my father was Polish and he's a strong Polish voice. granted it doesn't always come out the right way with some people. <laughs> but when I'm in front of a group, it works mm-hmm. for me. So my the the values that my father instilled on me, the the voice that my father had given me, the way that my father thought, the advice that he shared, all of that, I would not have the books. I would not be doing the speaking engagements without my father. So if Mm -hmm. I can take everything that my father gave to me and give it to the world, to me, that's a legacy.
1: I love it. And that's what, you know, sometimes I will get the very, you know, uh, face value answers, you know, and it's materials or it's money or it's the business, right? But more often than not, not more people are centered around passing on the values and making sure that those values are passed on to the future generations.
0: That's awesome. uh, That's awesome.
1: The values are coming right through in that. Well, Gail, it's been a very short but packed in terms of value podcast here. And uh, that's why I always love doing uh, interviewing speakers because they know how to get their point across, you know what I mean, quickly and efficiently. (laughs) And um, what I would love to do is tell people how to get a hold of your book. What's the best way for them
0: to- Oh, awesome. Um, If you go to gailcasper.com, And that's G-A-I-L-K-A-S-P-E-R.com. You will see all the information on me. And something that's super exciting that I'm working on right now is I'm doing, going to be doing in 2023, a sales challenge. I'm challenging every sales rep in America that I can pitch their product better than them. And, you know, if they're chosen to go up against me and they beat me, they get it, you know, a cash prize. So I absolutely encourage sales reps to enter, not just for the cash prize, but enter to change who you are. Because really the challenge isn't against me, it's against themselves to be better, to raise the value of what it is that they're doing. So I'd love for them to check it out. But if you go to GailCasper.com, you can see everything.
1: Awesome. And I love that you're very, Correct in that they're going to give their best pitch ever because they know they're competing. You know what I'm saying? So, no matter what, it's going to raise them to another level. So, I love the initiative behind that. And we'll include all those links in the the show notes, of course. So, you guys can uh, reach out to Gail or get a copy of her new book, Sell Like a Cockatoo. Gail, it's been an honor and a pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate you coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Thank you so much, Doug. You have a great rest of your day.
1: You too. Let's get building. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building. As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything
0: that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.